What a blessing to be able to join with the saints again on this lovely Tuesday. Welcome to Saints Radio. And um, as is always the case, well, not always, but our preferred most of the time, this is the case. Monica is with us. Mm-hmm. And we Hello? hope we hope that all of you are doing well. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I've had kind of a strange morning. This is this is chit chat. We need to have a little chit chat here because a significant <laughs> portion of our of our uh, audience is used to chit chat, and if we just don't have chit chat, I know it alienates some folks. But if we don't have chit chat, we'll have to rename the broadcast. I think. So, I was in the youth room this morning because the digital clock that I put up by uh, right near one of the new cameras on the back wall uh, needed to be changed since time change. So, it's an hour off. Now, the problem is that uh, I didn't want to drill a hole in that 1950s mortar wall back there so um, Scott and I talked I had gotten a hold of this alien tape that you see advertised places and so I didn't really trust it that much even though it's supposed to really work well so I put alien, three strips of alien tape on the back of that clock and stuck it up on the wall and I marveled every day that that clock was still hanging there and it had not fallen down Well, the problem is, I don't know what these aliens did, but I can't get that clock off the wall. I I obviously put two strips too many of that tape on there. I had a huge screwdriver that I was trying to pry that thing off the wall all morning long, and it just will not come off. So, the clock remains. And that was uh, about an hour of my time today, which is kind of laughable. But I wish I could say it was some kind of spiritual thing. Maybe I could, I had the power of loosing, I could loose that thing off the wall. If I just declared (laughs) and decreed properly, it would just loose itself from there out of the grip of that alien technology. So... See how exciting things are when you're not up here, Monica? Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry that I missed that. Oh, I wish I had missed it. I thought for sure, well, I'll just bust this clock off. I'll just break the clock. I couldn't even do that. It's just awful. So you never, you never got the clock off the wall? No. <laughs> no. And the only, the only way to change the battery is to, to, to get the clock off? Because it's on the back of the clock. Well, I don't need to change the battery. I need to change the time. But if I needed to change the battery, that's on the back of the clock, too. (laughs) So, well, at least one thing. One thing you know that the Lord is saying. (laughs) Whatever we have. Whatever we have put in place. Is is unbreakable. (laughs) We got, the, we got we got that part of David's uh, 
you know, no man will be able to to uh, undo. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe it's maybe it's a play on something prophetic about the enemy trying to change the times. <laughs> maybe, maybe, That's true. maybe you need to go in there and you need to just prophesy or you need to just speak to that clock or speak into the realm and say um, the enemy will not have the power to change the times. Well, it, it's just, <laughs> it's true. Oh, Neither my, can we. My goodness. <laughs> See, even Hank thinks that's true. I, I, uh, I even talked to Scott. He said, you know, he's probably got a tool for everything. He said he had some things that he might be able to use to pry it off of there. So, um, and at the very least, you know, I said, you know, we may be creating a window to the outside by the time this clock comes off. And uh, so we'll see it's the ongoing saga of the clock with all of its yeah, spiritual or, ramifications. Maybe, maybe Robert Fulton will come through it <laughs> like a portal. <laughs> with that white, with that white hair. Just don't, just don't let Chris Rock make a joke about Robert Fulton's white hair. Will Smith will rise up and slap him down. Oh my goodness! So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really, uh, we needed a clock back there because when so whoever is on, looking at the cameras, the big wall clock, is far over on the right. So. You know, and it, it for some people, not you, but for some people, it was a major production to look over and look at that clock. And I thought, do it more subtly. But anyway, that's the crazy thing about the clock. Ah. <laughs> I just pray that you just will get the gain the wisdom of Bezalel, some creative wisdom to be able to figure out how to, how to, remove the clock and mount it back up well you know oh i think bezaleel was the one that invented this alien tape so if any of you <laughs> see that stuff advertised they should hire me to to do a commercial for them because this stuff works <laughs> i don't know what it is but it works ah it's crazy Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, uh, here we are. We're ready to enter into the month of April. And we'll have a first Saturday prayer this coming Saturday. Seems like we just had first Saturday prayer. Yeah, it definitely comes comes pretty quickly these days. Uh, not that I'm lamenting coming together to pray at first Saturday, but it's just really, it's moving. So, any, any thoughts about this coming first Saturday? I think that what what we just experienced um, 
at this at this most recent gathering was so significant that you know sometimes you know we can be i think guilty of of partaking and experiencing and then rapidly moving forward and i you know i still feel like there's there's not a residue but i i feel like the atmosphere is still um conducive for what the lord is doing what he did and what he continued what he's continuing to do through the saints and so no i don't have something specific but i do think that it's in the aftermath of what we just experienced i think it, we all have the responsibility to um to uh guard over to cultivate the things that were sown into us and to really proactively um, partner with the Lord at his throne for what he has initiated. So that's, that's saying what I sense without really saying anything <laughs> specific. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's real easy to, to move from one thing to the next. And I feel like this is this is our reality. This is our lifestyle. This is, we have got to, and I've even been going back and re-listening to the sessions because um, it's that important. So anyway, wow. and there's, you know, there's always, the enemy does always try to come in and steal the seed. I mean, he, he's, he's just that way. I mean, he, he, he does not want that seed to be fruitful. And so, you know, it's been really unusual for me anyway, um, being in prayer and in the sanctuary since the gathering. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's been like a vacuum, but it, it's definitely been a measure of um, contesting and um, remembering, you know, rehearsing what the Lord has done and just keeping that at the forefront and not allowing the enemy to steal the seed or discourage or anything like that. And it's all, you know, it's always interesting after in the aftermath because it's, it's such a beautiful thing for the saints to be gathered together, unified in intercession and together in one accord. And when that dissimate, um, when, when we separate, which the Bible says we will be scattered. Um, it's, it's always an interesting um, dynamic for us. And I don't know what it's like for those that come and then go back to their, their, their terio. Maybe one day we should, um, we should have them share that. You know, what do they experience when they go back? How do they establish where they are, what they received while they were here? Well, that's, uh, that is a an interesting uh, thought. I, uh, I, I, you know, I do think that we did speak about a number of unique things during this sem this past gathering, which many of them were uh, directives to, you know, to to do certain spiritual um, measures of 
obedience and uh, application, like, you know, to, to recognize uh, a, 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 uh, the, the real presence of a divine barrenness that he and God intends to bring a birthing. You know, we've talked a lot about breakthrough, and breakthrough has lots of different forms, you know. Uh, the uh, To me, the, the foundational concept of breakthrough is Peretz Peretz. And, you know, if, you, if you're willing to stand and you're willing to wait and you're willing to hold the gap, then you, you really qualify for a Peretz breakthrough. And that's, that's just... That's a deeper spiritual principle, but it, to me, it, it talks about what you do in the place that you're called to serve in. And, uh, but then this other aspect of breakthrough, which we're talking about regarding the end time, we're talking about regarding this visitation that we're believing God is wanting to, is going to release you know our responsibility as covenant people, as as uh, the seed of Abraham, um, to 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 partner with that kind of breakthrough um, is is a similar thing, but it's a very different thing, because the person who is embracing that partnership with God for a birthing type of breakthrough to bring a new thing you know what what is birthing it's not just recreating it is procreating it is it is something coming into the world that's never been there before it's like an apostolic um life giving and that that's different in itself from Peretz Peretz but the principle's the same because the person who is the um, the one who is the covenant partner has to stand strong on behalf of that promise and on behalf of what God's saying. And as they stand strong expectantly, then that new life comes. So, but we we're in that the recognition that we're in that moment on a divine timetable. And also the the words that were spoken about rejoicing coming from two different angles. Uh, one, uh, a revelation from the Lord. The other, out of the midst of that childbearing, as it were. Um, both of those, how, how imperative is it just saying, okay, now we did shout as we walked, did that prophetic walk in the front of the sanctuary. We shouted for, that was, I think that was an all-time record for the length of the shout for our congregation or for the Saints Network. It was probably, what, five minutes of straight shouting, you think? Yeah, Probably. Um, to what degree is is that rejoicing shout 
um, required for this breakthrough. And how do you know when to shout? How do you know um, how long to shout? Uh, I don't, you know, it's it's a big question. Did Are we already shouted out? Have we already given the shout? Or is it an ongoing antigen? Or that's not the right word. An ongoing directive. I'm just rambling here now. I've broken out of shit chat. No, I think it's, I think, I mean, rejoicing. It's, it's not just, it's not just a, an outward demonstration. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, I mean, in all sincerity, it, I mean, it needs to be a, a posture of the heart. I mean, what good is rejoicing if you're just shouting? You know right. what I mean? Right. But we rejoice in in the goodness and the promise and the, you know, all the things, the, the promise of breakthrough and the what's on the horizon. And, you know, more than anything, I guess, just in the goodness and the faithfulness of God and what he's promised. And, and that has to be just really a posture of your heart. And so I don't. It could be five minutes, but it should be an eternal, you know, something eternal that we walk in. But that's that's just how I see it. I mean, rejoicing. What is joy? I mean, it's it's it's. I don't want to say it's a mindset. It's a. But it is. I mean, our perspective as it su surrenders to the spirit is is you know it comes from that place it doesn't come from just you know i'm just gonna fake it till i make it does that make sense yeah yeah it does um, so i think we we need to embrace in this walk of grace <laughs> all over the place all over the place rejoicing um you know and giving it's like giving thanks i mean it's it's not, but it is. I mean, it's it's something that should come so natural to us that it over it overrides and overcomes any measure of doubt or discouragement or any way the enemy would try to hinder us from the breakthrough. Right. I don't know. Right. Well, you know, you think about the the types of shouts that are in the scripture and you know we've already talked about a few of them but you know you have that Kradzo type of shout which is more of a warfare kind of an alarm or a warfare kind of a thing um, and then you have the, the famous the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel with the trump of God um, and the shout there is a is a word. It's a military term that is a command for the invasion to begin, or for um, an army to begin to move forward. So you've got the Lord Himself with a shout, and then the archangel, who are the generals of the army of the Lord, they proclaim. And then their ranks 
blow the trumpet, which is a coordinated effort. So that's got all three of those are noisy type of exclamations. And um, I. But do you think that? Do you think when, when, when that shout is initiated, that it's initiated from anything other than a. A, um, a belief for victory. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I've never been in the military, and I, you know, I can just think about, say, for instance, what's happening in Ukraine. I mean, those, 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 those guys that are standing up against what's coming against them, even though they may be the underdog, there, there's something about their courage and their absolute insistence to stand on what they believe is right that when they bring a shout a command or whatever it's it's like in faith believing right right otherwise how could you i mean i i think about like the mel gibson war war movies you know when all the horses are lined up and they're about to go against the enemy like in hand-to-hand combat and i think Oh my gosh, that has got to be just the scariest thing ever. But there's got to be something inside of them that just believes in their cause to where it, it's just, it, and, and that has to come through the spirit of God, right? So True. it's not just a yeah. shout, it's to make noise. It's a, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, it's, uh, I think that, like you said, there were many things that were shared during the seminar. That was one of them. But are we remembering that and the other things that you alluded to and applying it today? Was it just... Were those just teachings or were those exhortations for the moment or was it an empowering for where we, where we, where we are now? And um, I, th- I think that it's, I All think that, above. yeah, yeah. But we all, I mean, we're, we're only as good as what we apply and we each one of us has the responsibility from you know stoking the fire within and being faithful in intercession and you know keeping the passion burning and that you know that to um to every part of what god has commissioned us in and and it's so easy to walk you know to 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 move forward and forget or you know it's like we talk about you go to a seminar and you learn all these things and you're so excited and if you don't go back and and review and study and make that a part of your daily um, existence it's just on to the next thing and there's something about this gathering that is just was so life-giving and that I, I just I just feel 
more strongly than I ever have, like for me to have, you know, I've got to go back and I've got to re-listen and make it part of who I am. And not that it didn't happen when the seed was planted, but um, we just, God is calling to us to a higher standard. And um, it, that standard is, I mean, how much have we talked about, about being disciplined and study and being in the word and being in intercession? I mean, we've been hitting that hard with the French speaking people with here at the seminar. I mean, I know it was, you know, in the simple demonstration of a, a Bible app, but the message behind that was making disciples, being disciples and being disciplined in the things that we are being taught in the word. And, you know, 20 something years into this, why is God driving that home? Because it's important. So, anyway. Well, I think I think what you just said is so uh, so pertinent to where we are as as far as studying. Um, I, you know, for whatever reason, the Lord directed that emphasis over the past two months on a particular Bible study app. Not that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it is usable, it's functional, it's, functional. it's um, something that extends onto several, you know, different um, um, devices. But when, <clears throat> when you brought that forward, uh, I was amazed that, and I, I don't mean this in any critical way, but I was amazed at how many people had no study tool that the the concept of even the simplest aspects of doing a word study um, was foreign to many. And again, I don't mean that critically. Uh, and I and I came away with that, thanking God for the things we learned, and that hopefully, you know, we were able to instill a commonality of of thought and process in studying the Word. But I thought about it over the, the last few days, and I thought, what have people been using for their study? You know what. Are they just reading the opinions of other people, or do they do they just not even think about just the simple study of of the scripture? And then with that, when we get up and teach, and we're digging deep and we're telling all these different word meanings and things of that nature, I, I wonder now that had to just sound like gibberish to a lot of people you know they trust what we're saying but the whole concept sometimes we'll say okay this is how god revealed this so this is what we did um i i I just wonder how they were even able to associate what it was we were talking about when we speak anything at all about studying the word You mean, and you're talking about during the session, like with the saints. 
Well, no, what I'm saying is that when you taught on olive tree and you, you taught about it with the French and then you taught about it with Fabian, how many people were blessed by that? How many people were enthused? But then how many seemed to have no concept at all up to that point of how to study? That's, that's what I'm saying, and it, it makes me kind of feel guilty that, first of all, we haven't pressed that home for a long time, and it also makes me wonder what kind of ongoing, uh, I don't want to say activations, but what kind of ongoing um use together can we put forward just to kind of keep people otherwise it's going to be like the guy who gets a new treadmill and gets it all set up uses it once and then months go by and the only use it gets is to dust off the dust um i'm i'm rambling here I think I, I think I I know we I think we both know that it was the Lord it was the Spirit that motivated that session it was it was totally the Spirit and it was necessary and I'm sure you have but I have had numerous people who have come to me since who have questions and and are are asking for further help mm -hmm. with with not only the program but with just learning how to study I know. I was tuning into the Sunday school class um, in Port St. John on Sunday morning while I was getting ready to come to church, and they were having a discussion about that Bible apps that they all use and about which one's easier and whatnot. And you know what? It doesn't matter to me if they want to use Bible Sword or Olive Tree. I mean, that's everybody's own personal preference. We were not pushing Olive Tree other than for the reason that for both of us who initiated this, that's the resource that we have grown accustomed to using in this hour. And it's been a great, huge advantage to us. So, right. of course, we want to share that advantage and say, look, look how easy this is. But I don't think the demonstration of it was enough. And, you know, like Olivia, she said to me, she said, that was really great. But it was difficult to follow you on that screen because you couldn't really it was small. And they were in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. And and so there was limitations to what we presented, but I think above and beyond anything, it talking about planting seeds, it it sowed into the saints um, a, a deeper passion to to learn and to grow and to develop in study of the word. Right. And so responsibility from here and you know I when we first originally talked about this and and I think I threw it out to you after I've been working the, with the French people and several people from our congregation had come to me and asked if they could be a part of the French teaching because what I did with the French was more because their resources are more limited was I took them through a word study and took them all the way through how to put it into an outline for teaching because they were wanting to learn how to study to learn how to teach. 
And so it was, it was different in that respect. And so several people have come and said, I, I really want to learn how to do that. And my thinking was more, you know, well, we need to create some kind of a workshop where we give instruction and then let them practice, you know, and, 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 and work through it themselves and then come back and then we, not critique, but help along the way making suggestions or whatever, or just encouraging. Right. But I can tell you this, and you know this better than anybody. I didn't go to Bible school. I mean, literally what I've learned has been through observing and the way that you have taught us to study and diving in and figuring it out myself through hours and hours of labor. And it takes actually hands-on doing it and even when I was preparing for the demonstration you know there was a lot of things in olive tree that I'd never used before and I had to go through the tutorial myself to see the different functions that you know because you you learn how to do something and that's how you do it and then you just keep doing it that way but there was a whole lot of other ways that really were more user-friendly that I didn't even know about and then mm -hmm. Fabian threw in that sheet about searching at the very last minute and said hey you want to use this and I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> where did that come from? And yes, so, it, you know, it really is a do and a teach, but you can't, it's not something that you can just impart to somebody. I mean, you have to work through it yourself, and it's like putting a demand on them. And that now I'm rambling, but. Well, you know, I, I think it's true. Like already today, even when I was trying to jerk that clock off the wall, I mean, from the time I got here till right before I came into the booth, I had gotten onto the Bible program four times just with things that the Spirit had said to me. And I wanted to align it immediately with the Scripture. And I'm not saying, oh, look at me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if, if we don't have an active pursuit of the Scripture, uh, something that is readily available to you, um, as the Spirit is speaking through the day, and um, we're, we're going to limit ourselves in what, what we'll receive from God. That's just the truth. I know that I would be limited if I wasn't continually... And what did David say? You know, the, your word is continually before me. And continually doesn't mean once a week when the kids have gone to bed and you're not too tired. Continually doesn't mean, oh, you know, uh, I felt a real anointing when somebody laid hands on me. I better look at the scripture so I can understand what they prophesied over me. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an ongoing, if the spirit is going to guide you into all truth, how often does the Spirit do that? What is the process of guiding? Is it like, okay, playing against some Russian chess champion? Okay, I'm going to move my, my chess piece here. I've been guided there. Now it's going to be another two hours before I even know what this dude's going to do. No, you know, it's you just can't predict things. Even last night, I woke up at like 3 in the morning and was feeling these really weird types of visitation. I, I won't go into too many details, 
but it was just really strange. I just grabbed my phone and looked up a couple verses that came. Now, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm just weird. But what I'm saying is, I don't care what you use. I don't care if you hire somebody like Annette to walk behind you with a cart with a, with a group of scrolls, and you can say, hey, Annette, look up this. Whatever you use, make sure it's handy and you're doing it because there's not one dummy among the saints. I mean, right. you know, anytime somebody would say, I don't understand this. You know what that said to me? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say it. I, I, when I went, let's just say in high school, there were some kids in my class who just didn't pay attention. They just didn't pay attention. And when their hand would raise up and they'd say, I don't understand this. I could tell them why they didn't understand it. I mean, I mean, you, you, you learn what you want to learn. Um, you, you deduce what you want to deduce. If, you know, it's amazing to me how when we, we all got cell phones, um, when we first got them, like the Blackberry, we had, both of us had Blackberries. There was a whole lot of stuff that I didn't understand about this new contraption that was in my hand that I was paying for. But you know what? I learned how to use it. Not because I'm a tech guru. It's because I wanted to learn it. And I knew that it would be advantageous for me to know how to use this machine. So the most important thing we have in our life from God, if we're born again and if we are praying is the word. And you better know how to use your sword. You just really better. So like you said, whatever tool you're using, just make sure that you can you can search a word the way the Spirit used it when he was writing the Scriptures. Um, I think the two, the most simple things for me, beyond any of the other things I do, is when I when I get a, a scripture from the Lord and I know God's speaking to me about a topic, there'll be a word or a theme that stands out. And I will look at the scriptures and if there if there is a a defining word for what God's saying. I'll just immediately, I'll just pop up Strong's. Even though for a pneumaticos person, you probably know most of the, a lot of these words by now anyway. I mean, if you don't know what agape is, if you don't know what aman is, you know, if, if you don't know what logos, rhema, if you don't know what kairos is, you need to, you need to really get before the Lord and ask him to quicken your thinking. But then I'll, I'll just hit whatever it is on my little app here or whatever app you use to find out how the Spirit used that word. And I'll read those verses. And it's amazing what the Spirit says just through that simple, simple thing. Don't you agree? I totally agree. 
I mean, and it can be, just this morning I was reading about, and I think it's in John where he's talking about when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking about how we are to be, to sanctify them in truth. And then he goes and talks about how he, you know, he, he was sanctified for us, you know, on our behalf. And I thought, why, why would he need to be sanctified? And, and, and what exactly does it mean that we need to be sanctified in truth? And so I just started this whole, like, looking back through my dictionaries about, and I know what hagios is. I know, I know the principle of being sanctified. But just reading back, just through the historical understanding of the word was so enlightening for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and sometimes, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just things like that when you're reading, you know, you, can, you need to be reading the word every day. And, and I, I mentioned something at the beginning of that session about reading the Bible through in a year and, and, and about this program that I've been using where you read four different chapters every day and you read through the Bible in a year. And that's really been a great thing for me because if I get up, first thing I do in the morning is I open my Bible and I, I go to that and I read whatever the four, two in the Old Testament, two in the New Testament. And, um, and just from that simple reading, just being in the Word, just submerging myself in the Word first thing in the morning, God always shows me something. But it always... It's always um, it's always illuminated through me clicking on that word and and just reminding myself of what sanctification is and and why it's necessary that we're sanctified in truth and you know just that whole process it's like a journey and it, it's not like telling me something I didn't know before but it just it's just line upon line it just builds you up in such a way that it's just a, a constant um, edification, I guess I should say, of your yeah. spirit and of your your whole being. And I can, I mean, honestly, if I skip a couple of days and I'm not, if I, if, if I just don't simply just read the word, I feel like I have not had bread, like I'm starving, like my my soul starts feeling like emaciated. It's the strangest thing. And... So it's it's just really important. And so I'm 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 super thankful to to have these tools. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, even that wonderful verse that you just referenced from John um where Jesus is saying to his father, "Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth." You know, it's it's interesting to me that in our society today, everybody talks about truth as if it's a subjective thing. And But again, just in that verse, uh, there are several words that are crucial to our understanding, and they're simple words that all the saints should know. You know, what is truth? It's something that God is revealing through His Spirit that has previously been hid. It's an ongoing thing from the Lord. But the word is truth. It's not rhema there. It's logos. So any kind of truth that God's revealing is forever settled. It is, 
It is out of that Logos source. And, and if we're studying that, if we're studying that, that's the life bread of the saints. Because sanctify them according to your truth. Your word is truth. If we're going to be saints who are moving in the Hagias, even how we would know what that rest, restorative thing is, how we partner with the angels who cry this word over and over again. If, if we're not studying the eternal word and we're not letting the spirit guide us into that truth, how are we really ever going to be able to function adequately as saints or in a more essential way, be partners with God as, as restoring intercessors? So that's, right. that's a good scripture. I'm glad, I'm glad the right. Lord directed you to it today. Well, you know, it's just one of those that you just, you've read over and over and over and over again. But then just, just sitting in the word and just reading the word. I mean, may all of us just be so sensitive in the spirit that when God, like, Hi, you know, and it, it sounds so trite, but I mean, when he highlights a verse, there's something he wants to speak through it in that moment or just drive it home with you. And um, I mean, I agree with you in the in the world that we live in today, where there's so much progressive, progressive thought and we have we, we have to be sanctified in his truth and his word. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not just a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Mm. It, it's a process. You know, it's it's an ongoing process. And <laughs> Where's that verse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's interesting, too, that you know so much so much of an emphasis today in our society is about whatever people want to believe is okay and the onslaught against the scripture that's been going on for a long time that really had become um inflamed over the past few years where even amongst some of the some who were part of the saints to say that you know we don't believe the word anymore it's there are other things that are equal to the word you know we don't trust and and you see the way the enemy is hammering that even with eve hath god said what hath god said and is satan saying to jesus it is written this and then he adds in things that are from his rebellious experience. Then he, he, he adjoins them to what the scripture was uh, with, with his temptation of the Lord. I mean, and see, that's another thing. You know, when you, your word, you hide in your heart that you don't miss the mark. When you study these things... Even for those of you who don't have really great memories, and there are people like that. I'm not faulting that. But um, 
the word that you hide there, the spirit will draw on. And if you're not studying the word, you leave yourself at a great disadvantage. Amen. Amen. So let me just ask you, I mean, because this still kind of mystifies me. After he says, sanctified them by your truth, your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So we're here for a purpose, right? To restore. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That they also may be sanctified by thy truth. Is that him going going before us as, as you know, as he has done um, death and, and redemption and all that kind of, you know, what he had to do to bring us to this place. But why would he need to be sanctified? Well, you know, that's, that's a good question. And to me, I think that it's, um, that it has to do with his apostolic mess, his apostolic calling as you have sent me. That's, that's the Lord really being the first apostle. Um, he, he was in all points tested like we are. And if he didn't do what, um, what the Father gave him to do in alignment with the Word, then we could never do it. So his being sanctified was really him applying that identity of being saintly, um, him attaching this his apostolic calling to that engine, as it were. Uh -huh. um, so really, you know, you think about this. So often in the general church, we would think about holiness as something you didn't do or something that, you know, you, you were sinning and so now you stop sinning and so now you're trying to live a holy life. And we really, we really typecast holiness as something that is a list of do's or don'ts because we're all just despicable creatures. And, um, but here Jesus, who was sinless, he, you know, he's, he's the son of God. He was without sin. That blows that idea, that concept of holiness out of the water, doesn't it? Because... Right. It doesn't apply to a sinless person, so it doesn't apply to us. Yeah, hmm. that's true. So and for it's a similar. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, it, you know, for their sakes, um, and sakes. Oh my goodness! How can Strong say something this profound? Is hyper, hooper, hyper hooper. Oh wow! Uh, so that they can go forward, so that they can move forward. I demonstrate this walk of holiness according to the apostolic mission the Father has given me, that they can follow along in the same way of sanctification through the Spirit, who's going to be revealing things that have been hidden. 
There you go. <laughs> there, you, there it is. I mean, that's something that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now it makes perfect sense. But, I mean, that's just a demonstration of just, like, sitting and reading and just reading Scripture. I was reading John four, uh, John 17. And I just I just stopped there, and I just thought, hmm. Because I, I felt the Spirit, like, nudge me, and I started looking at all the words. I started remembering the things that I'd learned about truth and about sanctification. And I started applying the fact that we're in this year of the saints, and, Lord, what does this mean for us today? And then I got to that part, and I, I didn't really understand and um, so, you know, this is just a demonstration of God opening up understanding as we just probe it. Right. Now, granted, it's nice that we can share spiritual things with spiritual here. But anyway, you were going to say something. Well, no, you know, in that, in that simple, that simple yet profound insight did not come through anything other then, first of all, the spirit highlighting, which is the main thing. But the King James Bible and just quickly looking at Strong's and remembering the things that we've all learned together over the years. Right. Right. So you don't have to go into debt or sacrifice your Starbucks for a few days to get this program or that program. Go I mean, to this seminary. Was, this just, <laughs> this just did. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing. Uh, I didn't learn this stuff at seminary. <laughs> they were teaching a whole nother set of stuff there. Uh, that wasn't really, I'll just say it. It really wasn't present truth. We spent more time arguing, which is a good thing, I guess, in seminary than doing anything else to look at other doctrines and other things that people believed and why we were we were on the right path and they weren't, which is a good thing to do, I guess, because there's some people who just fall for any nut salesman that comes down the street, you know? Yeah. So... That's that's a very good that's a very good scripture. And and the Lord then said that he was praying for those that were with him there, but also for everybody who would believe and follow this, which is you. Yeah, and I, that's another that's another passage that's always just kind of astounded me that he says, I don't pray for these alone, but for those who will believe in me through their word. Does that mean through when I share the word? That 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 is that an encouragement that 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 I'm called to share the word, and as I share the word, those will come alongside and believe, and He's also praying for those. Boy, that's a that's a good thought. I wonder because how if he's talking. He's talking yeah. about his disciples, right? I mean, who will believe in me through? their word that they all may be one as the father are in me and i in you well again you know he's sticking with the logos and what we try to do as saints 
is not to go off after every tangent or the latest thing that's being taught down the street. It's not saying that we shouldn't be aware of that, but that's not our pursuit. That changes with the wind. But what we have always focused on is what does the word say? What does the logos say? If we're going to put forth this this definition, we're going to suggest this definition. We're going to rightly divide the word of truth so that we can say, this is what this concept means according to the scripture. And we lay that out there. That's a, that's a discussion of the logos. And so, if, if how, does it, how does it say it? It says that they all may be one. Um, for them also which believe on me through their word, well, I don't have a Logos. You don't have a Logos. The only Logos I have is what God has given. And so that becomes mine. So their word, your word, my word, my Logos, your Logos, is what the scripture comparing spiritual things with spiritual has shown us and that that lasts yeah you know a lot of the nonsense i studied when i was in the 70s um <coughs> a lot of the preaching i listened to and i admire those who were pioneers but a lot of the things that they taught was exciting but if you really looked at what the scripture really said, a lot of it was off center. And I've forgotten all about that. I've forgotten it because it's not based on the logos. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not eternal. So this isn't, they're going to be saved. What I keep looking at, I just want to make sure I'm saying exactly right that they might believe on him, on him. You know, it says, oh, I'm sorry. I've somehow got into a new, a different translation. Well, it's, but ahead. for them also which shall believe on me through their word. I mean, if, if the, oh, this study directs you to Jesus, and wh why? Because... He's praying for you to be on this path of sanctification and to do the will of the Father and to, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just rambling here. But it's, it's a wonderful concept. But it's not through their rhema or through their, through their logic but it's through it's through what has been studied concerning the unchanging eternal word of god amen so and thankfully that's what we're trying to impress people to study right boy i i'm just amazed how quick this this hour went 
But we certainly want to thank all of you for your willingness to to continue in the walk of the saints. And we bless you. We certainly did not want to demean anybody. Sometimes I get evangelistic and and uh, I say things that hit close to home and then you think I'm talking about you or you get offended. Um, that You know what? That happened with, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but that happened with Jesus too. <laughs> and the best thing is, is that if something's hitting close to home, you need to find out why. Um, anyway. I'm just rambling. That's right. So uh, I think I think before we go, what did you do with Hank? How has he been quiet for the past 30 minutes? Is he asleep? Well, he went downstairs and, and all the barking was because the postman must have come. And he probably is laying in the foyer. I mean, he probably exhausted himself. Okay, he's well. He's laying in the I'm just yeah, concerned. Waiting well, normally when I come in here, he, he likes this room and he will lay on the floor while I'm in here, but he must have just gotten so excited. He gets excited every day when the postman comes. <laughs> it's like part of his, his daily excitement. Well, I, I bless those, those puppies and, Scarlet is laying right here, just crashed out right next to me. Well, put her to sleep, Pat. Scarlet <laughs> is our, she is our compatriot in these things, and uh, she's uh, she's a special little girl. Oh, she just opened her eyes when she heard you say her name. Oh, well, good. <laughs> See, good. Okay, well, thanks, everybody. We'll be sending out a first Saturday directive here uh, within the next couple of days. Don't forget that it's April 2nd, this coming Saturday, so don't miss out on uh, on what the Lord might require of you before his throne. And uh, we'll reach out again tomorrow on Wednesday Night Live. Um, and until the next time, God bless you all. Goodbye.